0: I uh, normally would let you visit, but Pastor didn't give me a very long time, so I'm not going to let you use my time for visiting. Yes, sir. <laughs> normally, I wouldn't make a big deal out of it, but uh, since he's so hard on me, <clears throat> good to have you. God bless you for being here today. Turn to somebody and tell him you look good being here. Hey man, look good being here. Look good. We're going have to uh, we're gonna have to really work on these people in the center sections. They're not doing a very good job getting people here. The guys on the edges are doing a little better. so you guys in the middle are going to start really working hard to catch up with the guys on the edge. This edge is not looking good this morning either. I don't know what what's happening, but these guys over here seem to work harder than the rest of you do. They um, they plan long hours how to congregate in one area. Amen. I'm not going to ask you to move, but I feel like I'm teaching to a very small crowd this morning. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 13. And also, I'll read a couple of verses in Matthew 7. <clears throat> I tell you, I really appreciate Brother Sister Hannah coming on to church this morning. His mother passed away, um, was it two days ago? Uh, a couple of days ago, okay. And the uh, funeral is Tuesday, if any of you can go, but... Uh, God bless the Hannah's. When you lose a parent, I don't think it, there's any way it can get easy. I've never understood how it could get easy. It's always very difficult. So keep them in your prayers. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, And ye shall seek me and find me. And then that next word defines how you seek and how you find when you shall search for me with all your heart it's one thing to search for the lord and seek the lord but it's another thing to do it with all your heart I've seen people uh, try to get the holy ghost and you could just tell they they didn't have their heart in it I've seen people not here I've pastored other churches but I pastored people that I, I, they just didn't seem like they could get it in gear. They they just could not seem to really get motivated to live for God right. You all do that. I mean, I'm not talking about nobody here. We're all 100%. amen. else? <laughs> what y'all laughing for? We're all doing it with all of our heart. We're doing it the best we can. We're giving it all. And if I were to ask you, how many of you want to go to heaven? All of you would raise your hand. My wife raised both of hers. (laughs) I want to go. But you know, sometimes people raise their hands, I want to go to heaven. But their lifestyle doesn't show how desperate they are to go to heaven. Now, I'm not going to trick y'all. I'm not coming in the back door. This is not loaded. It's just that I felt impressed to say that this morning. And then in Matthew 7 and 7, it says, Ask and you shall be given, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Now it appears to me in both of these scripture passages that I read to you this morning that seeking and searching are action words, they're action words, so the Lord seems to be saying that we ought to be searching and seeking continually. I want to talk to you about continue the search this morning. Everybody say continue the search. I started out searching for the Lord when I was a young boy. My mother and dad got in the church when I was six months old. And I've been going to church all my life since I was six months old. And I don't remember the first time that I went. I can't describe anything about it. Uh, Mom and Dad said I was there, and I've just got to take their word on that fact, but it wasn't long until I began to notice my surroundings and I began to understand where I was and I have no regrets that my mother and Daddy raised me in the church now, if you've got regrets i can't I can't speak for you. And uh, I may not understand why you feel that way. But as for me in my house, David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And I feel that way this morning. I'm glad that I had an opportunity to serve God. And I'm glad my wife still makes me come to church. I'm glad to be in church. I'm glad to be having an opportunity to seek and search out what God is trying to give me in this life. And you know, if I stop seeking and I've, I start or stop searching, guess what? Seekers find, knockers, doors are opened up. Huh? So if I want things to open up, if I want to receive, or if I want to find, i got to keep searching. I think the Lord's trying to get us to understand that seeking and searching is not a one-time event. It just doesn't happen one time in your life. And you say, boy, I've arrived, I've reached it, I've found it. Uh, You know, it's all over. Can I tell you that I've had the Holy Ghost since I was 11 years old, and there are times that I'm still searching and seeking for things from the Lord. You say there's more message that you had not found. No, I'm not talking about more message or more doctrine or more, you know, some great revelation. I'm just seeking and finding that relationship with him that just gets better and better and better. When you seek, you'll find him. When you knock, he'll open up to you. Amen. This is something that, We continue to do in every day of our lives. Everyone in this world is searching for one thing, which will provide meaning and happiness in their life. And that's because God has created us with a need and a desire for meaning and purpose as well as love and acceptance. All of us want to be loved by somebody. We love and we need to be loved. Of course, the world holds our many options of things that will make you happy. There are many things out there in the world that will make you happy, like financial success, social status, the approval of others, a good job, good education, friends, and a great marriage, as well as having children. All of these things can bring happiness in your life. Amen. I, I love my children. But boy, what happens when you get grandkids? Somebody said, I wish I could have had my grandkids first. I don't know how you could accomplish that, but boy, that would be an awesome thing to have those grandkids and then raise your kids. You'd probably (laughs) raise your kids altogether different than you raise them if you had your grandkids first. However, none of these options truly satisfy the deep needs of our human life. Many think that happiness comes because we own our beautiful little home with our little white picket fence, and now I'm happy. But you know, I got a nice home, and it's paid for, and and I enjoyed it. I was sitting in there uh, yesterday, and I just looked around. I said, thank you, Lord, for this home that you gave us. And uh, I feel like the Lord did the time we bought it. We bought it for a song. I'd love to buy another house just like it today for the same price that I paid for it 20 years ago. $105,000 for 2,800 square foot, four bedroom, three bath. Now, how many of you would like to buy that for $100,000? Sure you would. I, my wife just got to praying. And, and I tell you, when my wife gets to praying, You better look out. The house wasn't in our market, wasn't in our price range, but she got to praying and man and woman got a divorce. I hate that. But my wife had to have a house. And so they got a divorce and dropped the price of the house $13,000 in one week. And I had just got through telling my wife, after looking for weeks and weeks, they don't make what you want in our price range. <laughs> now that's what I told her. And that weekend, God said, oh, yes, they do. <laughs> and he just kind of slapped me around and let me know that you, oh, ye of little faith, I know what I'm doing. I know when to move and what time to move and how to move. But a lot of times we get impatient and we think we got it all figured out. See, we get smarter than God a lot of times. Amen? We get a whole lot smarter than God is. We think we can figure it all out. And that's because we cannot see the end from the beginning god sees it all the big picture he sees everything many think that happiness comes from various things but what appears on the outside is not always what is reality on the inside you may be as empty as a new ca- a new trash can liner Or you may be experiencing the reality that every time you make an accomplishment, you immediately start reaching for another one. Accomplishments don't make for lasting joy nor contentment. Once you achieve financial success, for example, you soon realize money just is not enough. Somebody's thinking, oh, but let me try it, Lord. Just give me an opportunity. So you start searching for something else. Everybody wants to be rich. But you know, I got to reading up on that, and it's not all it's cut out to be. Everybody wants to be a millionaire. If I were to ask you, please raise your hand if you would like to be a millionaire. Hands would go up all over this place. Most of you would. The only reason you wouldn't, because you would think I'm fixed to trick you. And you wouldn't raise your hand waiting to see what I was gonna do to you. But we all wanna be a millionaire. But I got to reading up on being a millionaire, and there's a lot of millionaires that are not real happy about being a millionaire because they find out that there's a lot involved in it. First thing, if you got grandkids, they're a target. You gotta be real careful. You gotta watch your grandkids all the time because there are people that will actually uh, steal one of your grandkids and then call you and say, I want a certain amount of money if you want this grandkid. You say, Well, that's in the movies. It happens every day of our life in real life. When you become wealthy, when you become a millionaire, you got a house. Well, you get another house or you get other properties, you really need to put those in an LLC and a different company name because if somebody wants to sue you, which they will, if anything happens, they'll sue you. You don't want them getting everything you own. So you have to have numerous LLCs and corporations because you don't want them suing everything you got. Each one of those costs money, don't they, Sister Becky? Lots of money. She works for a lawyer. And so it's just unbelievable the insurance that you have to buy when you get rich. You have to buy insurance. uh, You think you're paying a lot for insurance now? Where do you get to be a millionaire? You have to quadruple and quintexalize. That's a new word. I made that up. You have to spend so much money. Just to just to protect yourself, and then you might even want to hire somebody to watch you. Just kind of watch your back. Just you know, follow me when I go shopping. You just be that guy that if anybody comes over, you come up. and You want to get somebody's pretty bad. You know, he can knock somebody out with one blow. You want to get a good bodyguard if you get a good one. Get somebody like me. And so you you got to think about it in this life. How have you tried to answer this question? Where is happiness found? Where is my happiness found? There's a man that got drafted into the army, and people began to notice that he was a little bit weird. And while in formation, many times he just walked off out of formation. I mean you're standing there and the sergeant's talking to you and he just walk off. And you know that doesn't work, does it, Sister Hannah? And he would just walk off and go over and pick up a piece of paper and look at it, and he said, Nope, that's not it. And people watched him. He kept getting into trouble because whatever job he was given, he would stop, pick up papers, look at it, shake his head and say, Nope, that ain't it. Finally, the commander and the staff decided this guy was a case, and they drew up his papers to discharge him. And when he was given those discharge papers, he took them and he looked at them and he said, yep, this is it. <laughs> For some people, life is all about pleasing people. Performing well and making good grades, staying out of trouble, making everybody happy. So what is happiness to you? What is it? How would you answer that question? We all want happiness. If we can't find it through money, we'll try education. If education doesn't do the trick, we'll turn to friends and relationships and marriage. As long as there's something else to try, that search of happiness continues in our life. But when you have all the money you need, or all the wonderful family, or social status, or whatever it may be, and you're still not happy, you begin to wonder, what is this life that I'm living really all about? And I'm going to just tell you, if you're not happy this morning, continue the search. Keep looking until you find what God is trying to show you. Because I'm going to tell you something. Until you find that relationship with God, that born-again experience that Jesus was talking about in John chapter 3, you're never Going to feel like you're really there and have arrived and found happiness until God gets on the inside of you and starts doing what He wants to do. How can that happen? It can happen very easily when you get hungry and thirsty enough that you say, All right, God, I surrender, I give up, I repent and then you believe that God's going to do what He said He would, things will start happening in your life. There's a common saying that everything that glitters is not gold. There are many metals and stones that glitter, but they're not gold. Probably if I were to ask you today, most of you don't have any gold. Any of y'all got as much as a thousand ounces of gold? Anybody? Nobody does. I'm not going to tell you how much I've got because I don't want you coming after it. I do. i got three teeth that are gold. That's, the, that's, that's all I have. And I don't want you coming after it. <clears throat> gold is precious to man. And that explains why many people all over the world are seeking it. I'm fascinated by gold Um, panning and gold exploration. I, I love to watch videos of people going out in the creek and getting a pan and start swishing it around and knock all the heavy rocks off and just keep washing it, and finally all of a sudden they say, well, I finally found some, and you look, and there's little specks of gold all in there. Every once in a while there'll be a nugget. That fascinates me. I've always wanted to do that. But now that I'm 70 years old, it's too much work, so I'll probably never do it. It's a lot of work. It's just getting there is a lot of work. And staying there is more work. And so I'll probably never be a gold panner, but it does fascinate me. In searching for gold, people usually come across it's counterfeit called. Charcoal parrots. This mineral many times is mistaken for the real gold. Charcoal parrots look like gold. And it's easier actually to find than gold. It glitters like gold glitters. And is usually found in the same areas where gold deposits are found. It's it's discovered... Discovery brings to the discoverer sudden but short lived joy. It gives him hope of becoming a multimillionaire in the twinkling of an eye. And he will suddenly become disillusioned when a goldsmith tells him he's not discovered gold, but he's discovered fool's gold. A lot of people are searching for stuff in this life and They're trying to find something, and they keep going to counterfeits. They keep going and being satisfied with fool's goals. But I'm telling you, there's only one thing in this life that's going to truly satisfy your inward man, and that is when you begin to seek and search and find the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and the one that you love more than anything in this world. When you put God first in your life, you can truly say, I am happy. You say, well, I, I've... I've, I've got the Holy Ghost, and I've been baptized in Jesus' name, but I'm not happy. Well, you just haven't given it everything you need to give it. You haven't kept him first in your life, or you would be happy. Where we get in trouble is putting ourselves, number one, and it all becomes about me. When it becomes about me, when it's about what I want, and what I feel, and what I think, Then we start having trouble, and we start not being happy. It's been said, life is like a journey, searching for the answers of life. People spend their whole lives and fortunes looking for meaning and purpose. Wouldn't it be great? To have one place like Google where we can find everything in the world that we're searching for. I don't even know what we do without Google. My goodness, everything we do, we Google. We want to go out and eat, we Google it. We're looking for a spot, a place, a road, a city, we Google it. We want to know how something works, we Google it. We Google everything. For most Americans, the internet has become a way of life, whether it's for finding information or services they need, communicating with friends or clients, or just socializing and getting online, it is as natural today as going to the mall or the library was 30 years ago. Everybody is Googling. We're just a bunch of Googlers. That's what you are. People are running up and down highways, spending money, developing relationships only to be disappointed, discouraged, and still empty in their hearts. Some say that there is a God-shaped vacuum in every human that can only be filled by God. And I personally believe that's true. Only when God is fulfilling his purpose in your life can you experience fulfillment of peace and joy and contentment and happiness and completeness. Don't feel sorry for me and my choice and my decision to live for God. I am very happy with my decision. Don't feel sorry for me that I'm living a consecrated, separated life. I do that because I want to, not because I have to. I want to please God. I'm not pleasing a church or an organization or a group of people. I do what I do to please God. I want to make Him happy. I want to go to heaven. Satan knows this, so he has blinded the minds of the unbelievers in the world. And it takes the power of God to open their eyes and convince them of their ways. A lot of times people cannot see this message. They cannot see truth. They cannot see what God wants them to uh, adhere to. And so their eyes are blinded by Satan. Satan does not want men and women to see truth. He does not want that. And so he blinds their eyes. But God can open those eyes in a New York second. Amen. If somebody hungers and thirsts strong enough, has a desire strong enough, God will open their eyes. Webster's Dictionary defines the word search as to look in into or over carefully or thoroughly in an effort to find or discover something, as to examine in seeking something. Roger's Super um, thes- Thesaurus adds this it says, to go search means to go over with a fine tooth comb. To leave no stone unturned, to turn it inside out. I'm telling you, folks, you need to get excited and determined about your search for God. And go over it with a fine tooth comb. Don't leave any stone unturned. Turn it inside out. What are you talking about? I'm talking about go to the Word. Go to the Bible and find out what God is wanting me to know. You say, well, how do I do that? Ask questions. If you can't find it on your own, ask questions. I'm a good question answer. I can answer your questions. I may have to say I don't know right now, but you give me a little time, I'll give you an answer. Now, if you're going to ask me who Canaan or uh, who Adam's and Eve's uh, children married, I'm not even going to waste my time or your time trying to tell you that. I'm not going to get into that stuff that you'll never get an answer from. But if you want to know something about God and his plan and what he expects uh, us to adhere to, I can spend all day long with you. Every man, woman, or child, the moment that he or she is born, starts in a search of something. And we learn as babies that it pays to scream when we can't find what we're searching for. And the sad thing is, there's some people still doing that today as adults. <laughs> Just act ridiculous. Still screaming. Of course, as we grow older, the screams usually do stop for most people, and we learn how to pout. We learn how to rebel and how to get angry, and we get resentment and all other forms of expression that demonstrates our displeasure. If we find that we are in search of, if we find what we're in search of, we find ourselves smiling laughing, displaying in a host of other ways how happy we are because we found what we were looking for. Everybody responds to their quest in a different way. Each person's response is shaped by his or her personality or by his or her temperament or by their lifestyle or by their perspective. A few years ago, a poll was taken And a pastor of a large church uh, came up with these topics. And he he asked people, he wanted to know what they were interested in. Over 5,000 people responded to this pastor's poll. And the computer came up with 10 topics that people were really interested in. And wanted to hear about. Number one. Was where are we in prophecy. I believe that that would probably be the number one in most everybody's life. That has any knowledge of the Bible. This is not surprising. Number two was how can I find. The will of God. For my life. In Acts 9 1 through 10, we read about Paul's Damascus road experience. And in this account, he asks two profane questions. He says, Who are you, Lord? And then in verse number 10, he asks, What shall I do? Please notice that they are in the right order to know the will of God. We must first know God personally. If you want to know the will of God, get down to business with some prayer and fasting, and you'll know the will of God. Man, I got to stop. George Truett said this To know the will of God is the greatest knowledge, to find the will of God is the greatest discovery. And to do the will of God is the greatest achievement. I'll stop there. God bless you.